All right, we got to get rocking this morning. So how many of you guys were here last week? Raise your hand. All right, was it good? Did you go home and did you walk through some of those questions that we talked about? All right, some of you guys uh, emailed me, texted me last week, and you said, wow, that was a tough conversation. If you're new this week, uh, please go back and listen to the podcast. We started a series called, called what's it called? It's called Home. It's called Home. What's bad is I whispered to my wife before I walked up, I said, was, is it called home or house? And I still had to refer to the screen. It's called home. And here's what I do know. I do know that last week for many of you was a starting point of saying, and j- maybe just a, re- a bit of a recap for some of us, and, and maybe uh, for some of you that were not here last week, last week for many of us was uh, a step for us spiritually to say, no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to live my life in such a way. And we, we almost stole a line from Joshua when he said this for his children. He said, as for me and my house, no matter what, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna follow the Lord. We're going to live for the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to stand on this solid rock of Christ. Because he's the only thing, the only thing in our lives that's never going to waver. And we stole a page from the Old Testament that Jesus added on to the New Testament where he said that we ought to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our minds, and with all of our strength. And we, we looked back and, and, and saw how cool it was that when, when that was written in the Old Testament, the word mind was not in there. But when Jesus added to it in the New Testament, he added the word mind. And last week we said, listen, it's imperative for us to rethink how we're doing everything when it comes to life, right? Because we do not live in a world that's going to encourage or foster a real, true, honest, better way of doing things. And we do believe from Scripture. We, we see this in Scripture. It's, I don't know how we got lopsided on this in the Christian world that, that somehow we ought to be like measly and like sad and like God's way is not really good. It's supposed to be like beat people down and make you sad and Christians aren't supposed to be happy. No, no, no. God said, I want you to have life and have it to the full, right? He, he wants to leverage people's lives and their homes, their houses, the way they live as models to showcase. That's, that's someone who lives by faith right there. That's somebody who follows me. That's someone who says, I'm going to stand on this rock and no matter what, I'm going to build my house on Christ. And I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to deviate from it. And even when it gets hard, even when I look around and they're doing life over here differently and somehow it looks like better than mine, I'm not going to waver. I'm going to stand on Jesus no matter what. And last week we ended with some, some very pointed questions and asked you what your house looked like. And we, we, some of us, your house looks like a bad mission statement. You know, it looks angry. It looks angry. It looks, it looks unhealthy. It looks unsafe. It looks dangerous. It looks sad. It looks blue. Some of you say, you know what? My house is, is happy. My house has joy. Some of you would even step further and say, my house, we have peace. And I would say that for those of you that are at this place, and none of us are perfect. Gosh, my house is not perfect. Oh my gosh, last night was like the worst night of all times at my house. And I don't want to go there, but it, because you think that's something really crazy... We're sell- we, we sold some puppies, and last night the first one had to go home, and I'm in bed, and like having one child at, 
and, and my wife over and over again coming in going, Daddy, they're taking my dog. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. This sounds bad. I mean, I, but it doesn't sound bad, but it was like things got a little weird <laughs> around my house. Okay. So, so we don't have it perfect, right? But last week we asked these questions and some of you had these conversations and I want to build on that this morning. Because I really believe with all my heart, God is leading us. If you're, if you're here this morning, if we believe in a sovereign God, if we believe that there's a God who's on the throne of heaven who exists in the world today, and he has, his, has our best interests in his minds, if we believe in a God who's overarching and in, in control and powerful over everything, then we've got to believe it's no accident that you're here this morning. And so we're going to build on last week, and we're going, to, we're going to walk into this idea with the same simple questions. As for me and my house, we are what? What are we? Where, where are you at right now? Is your house happy? Is it full of joy? Better yet, does it have peace? Because I'm telling you, the peace that passes all understanding can only, only ever, ever come. The, regardless of what the world says about what's happiness or how to do life that makes you happy, regardless of what they say, the truth of the matter, because this is the only truth, it's the only truth, that that there is no, there's nothing in this world that we can rely on that says it's truthful. Not not a wonderfully well-written authored book by the best author in the world is not truth. This this book is God's word, it's truth. So if you want to have peace, the peace that passes all understanding. We've got to surrender our hearts and give our lives to God's word and submit to its authority and say, wow, he knows best for me when it comes to men, when it comes to women. And that's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about some roles of the house. We're going to talk about some roles as it pertains to men and women. We're going to look at the idea of men and women, especially the man being a door, right? A door. How many of you guys have a door in your house? I hope you do. Literally, we have one that got kicked down in my house, and it's never got up, and I didn't kick it down. Booyah! It's a funny story. I, 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 gosh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I have so many things in my notes that I'm not even saying right now that I should not be. We were on a date night, and my, my son got locked in his bedroom. We have a faulty knob, right? He couldn't get out. And we're like, we're not coming home. We're on a date night. Forget you kids, right? You know what kids stands for? Keeping intimacy at a distance successfully. <laughs> All right? We're not coming home on date night. No. We love you, but it, it's mommy and daddy first. You want to give your kids, kids a great gift? Give them a good marriage. Right? Come on. Preaching now. All right, so, <laughs> so we're, we're not coming home. My wife's going, baby, that's great, but you got to keep going on with the notes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to get back to them. Um, and so my oldest, da- my oldest daughter was like, Daddy, I can get him out. I can get him out. So the, we're, going, we're playing phone tag back and forth, back and forth during this movie. And finally, we just said, we don't care what you do. She's like, can I kick the door down? This is like my 15-year-old daughter wanting to kick the door down. I'm like, go for it, baby. You kick it down, I'll, I will get a new door. Well, she kicked it down. There's, it's three years later. We still don't have a new door. <laughs> okay? But we might use this one afterwards. <laughs> That's all right. We missed her head there. All right. So... We used this verse last week, is, is where, where, where all this mindset comes from. We said in Matthew 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine, these are Jesus saying, anyone who hears these words of mine 
And here's the clencher for this, this verse and the whole theme of this series. If anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into what? Practice. Whoever puts them into practice, it's just worthless if you don't put them into practice. Right? If we hear these words of mine, yet we don't follow God's way, we don't say, God, your way is the smartest way, then if we don't practice them, it's just, it's just a waste. It's just not going to help. But Jesus says, if you'll actually practice practice what I have said, then you're going to be like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. And when the waves come, and when the storms and the winds come, your house isn't going to fall. Because there is this, there's this belief that we can, that most of us hope for when we're young, that, that I want my house, my home to look a certain way. But here's what Jesus is saying. If you don't put your, your practice in what I have said, then you're going to see your life at some point fall apart. Your home is going to fall apart if you aren't following what I say. And so he says, listen, my hope is that you'll put them into practice. Because God's for us. He is for us. He gave his life on the cross. That is proof for us that he is for us. You heard me mention a minute ago where um, Joshua said, as for me, my house, we are. Shortly after that, he, he speaks of, and where we get this idea of the door from, what he then says about, about what he believes about how to live our lives. And so in Deut- Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, he says, you ought to commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. And this is how he says that we got to remind each other. He says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk to them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. That's pretty much all the time that we should be looking for teachable moments with each other to, to give each other the, the nod or the reminder, or, you know, the, not the stiff punch in the face like you're doing wrong and the judgment type feel, but just that reminder wherever you are on the road, wherever you're going to bed, even tying them to your hands and wearing them on your forehead as reminders about his words. He says, even writing them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So I believe, and I think Scripture gives all, all sorts of places reference to this, that, that I believe that we could look at our lives, men and women, as we're the door to the home. Men, you're a door. Men, you're a door. Let me talk about the door real quick. A door is, is something that keeps good in and bad out. A door is something that allows... Uh, things that we allow to come in our homes to come in, and a door is something that we use to keep out things we don't want to keep, we don't want them to come in. A door is something that is a place of uh, enjoyment. When you open up your door to your homes, you want to look inside and you want to see something that's peaceful. You want to see something that's joyful. You want to see some happiness when we open up the doors to our homes. Today I want to look at, at two distinct roles as it pertains to men and women and the home, and if we would be so this morning, that we would look at this in terms of how we are, how we are operating our lives today. Man, how we are operating as we'll talk about what the door looks like, I believe that our houses will stand. Men, you're a door. Adam in the garden, the very first dude on the earth, um, was given the, the task of protection, Right? God said, I'm going I'm I'm to ask you to protect this garden. I'm going to ask you to protect this house. I want you to stand in front of this, this garden. And he literally said, 
I want you to take care of it. I'm going to give you the priestly task of protection. Now, that's used through Scripture and represented uh, from Adam all the way on. Even Jewish priests who would protect their, 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 um, their churches. But there were, there were priests who were tasked with protection. Now, there was times in the Bible where people were, would attack the temples and come after, you know, the temple. And those priests... They would have their robes on. But do you know that priests would also carry under their robes a sword? And so when, when, when the things got rough, those priests, I mean, they kind of went like, you know, Braveheart. They'd whip out those swords. And they would say, under, under no circumstances will you come into my house without a fight. Man, the first thing we got to know about our first role as a man is our role is to protect our homes. Our role is to protect the contents, the people the beliefs, and sacrifice and protect our homes. Men, we are a door. Luke eleven twenty one and 22 says this, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. We are to, the, the Bible speaks of, of the door being a protection. It's to keep out enemies. It's to keep out unwanted guests. And every wife and every child should find safety and protection behind their dads, behind their husbands. Every woman deserves that. Deserves to know that my husband is standing at the door and he is willfully and joyfully going to do whatever it takes that I can be confident that everything that goes on in the house is being protected because my man is doing what he should be doing and following what God says. So when a strong man fully armed guards his house, the goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks, when he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted, in which he trusted, and divides his spoil. Now, when it talks about there in Scripture where it says divides divides his spoil, that really means it's not talking about a TV, they didn't have TVs back then. They had valuables inside. But you know what the valuables were? You know what the real valuables were inside? You know what the spoils were that would be divided? That would be the women and the, and the children. That's what it meant. In this scripture here, it says, when it says divides, it's spoil. That's talking about wife and kids. That's the spoils that would be divided. In Luke eleven twenty three, 23, it says this. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters or gets blown away. Men, we must love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. A door is a boundary of what does and does not belong into the home. And if we're, the, if we're going to have the types of homes that are going to stand, men, we have got to step up and step into the place of being a strong door that protects our, ham, our families. Job, job 31 says this. Because as we look at Job, we see not only is there this mindset that a man is to be a door that protects what comes in, but Job, Job says it this way. Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How could I gaze at a virgin or a woman? And this is how it, all, this is how it always works for guys. This is how it always works for the fellas. We have to protect our eyes. We have to guard our eyes because it always starts right here in our eyeballs, right? 
When you see guys messing up, it didn't start because they couldn't see anything. It, it, it's, the, the danger began. We begin to look and gaze upon another. Job goes on and say, says in uh, chapter 31, verse 9, he says, If my heart has been enticed towards a woman, I have lain in wait at my neighbor's door. Then let my wife grind for another and let others bow down on her. You know what that means? Exactly what it looks like. What goes around comes around. For that would be a heinous crime. That would be in iniquity. That would be a sin and ought to be punished by the judges. For that would be a fire that consumes as far of Abobadon. And it would burn to the root of, of all my increase. This is what happens when a father abandons and leaves his door for another. This is what happens when a dad walks out of that door where he should not leave and he goes elsewhere for another. He will lose, Scripture says, he will lose his wife and kids and your home will burn to the ground. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it, fellas? Isn't it? I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It's almost like, hey, we, we ought to consider this thing before we dive into to husbandry. We ought to really consider this thing before we dive into to fatherhood. And if you dove into it and you didn't really consider it, it ought to be a wake-up call for those of us that are men, and we have those things. We have a wife. We have children. And there are behind this door things that could spoil if we don't, as men, say, you know what, as for me and my house, and I need to bond with some other men. Maybe I need to get in one of these small groups, right? Maybe I need to grow a little bit. Maybe I need to take some inventory and rethink how I'm doing everything in my home because I don't want that to happen. Now, see, guys, I, I'm with you. I hear that verse, and I'm like, man, I don't want to blow it. I don't want to make that mistake because I, I do want them to be able to count on me. But then there's times I'm like, I don't know how anybody can count on me. And that's, that's when, guys, we must get to the place when we can understand our deficiency, when we can understand that we aren't strong alone, that we've got to lean on and surrender to God's word and his way. Scripture says that if we would acknowledge God in everything, in all our ways, if we would acknowledge God in every way, Scripture says he will make our path straight. That's saying if you give it all to God, you continue to surrender to God. Even when you make mistakes, God, I'm sorry. God, help me. I need your strength. And we lean into him. Scripture says he's with us. With us. Now, I'm just telling you, I'd rather be with him than not with him. I would rather me live my life and still never being perfect because we're never going to be that. But I would rather, for the sake of bringing God glory and, and, and honoring Him and my actions being my way to worship God and for me to be able to protect what's inside of the contents of behind this door, there's no rhyme or reason why we should not submit to God's way and His Word because there's so much at stake. Paul speaks specifically to men as it pertains to, you know, our, our mindset for the role of a husband. In Ephesians 5.25, he says, For husbands, this means love your wives 
And here's a great example. He says, this means for us to step into that role of being a man who is a husband or a father. Those of you guys who are not yet there, this is what it looks like. I mean, take, take note of this before you step into that role. This is where we should attempt to be always, guys. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. What did he do? He gave himself up for her. I mean, women, this is what you deserve. Every lady, every woman out there deserves the kind of man who would lay up his life for his wife, for his woman, for his, his girl. In Scripture, Paul gives us his example. He says, you've got to give up your life for that. That means sacrificing your rights. That means sacrificing your rights. It means sacrificing your privileges. There are times we have to sacrifice our privilege as a man. We have to sacrifice our rights at times. We have to sacrifice our privileges. We have to sacrifice our positions at times to serve her and provide for her what she needs. That's the role of a man. And if you think of it any other way, it's an incorrect way. And we aren't hearing that role being spoken over men in anywhere else in the world today. It's that no one's saying that to men. See, we have men who think they're men, and they're lording over. They hear that verse, I'm supposed to be like Christ in the church. That's lording? No, no, no. Jesus sacrificed. He is Lord, but he's Jesus, so he can do that. Right? We're not a perfect, so we can't be Lord. Lord, Lord denotes this, like, perfect, powerful being. We're to be like Christ, but it says you're supposed to sacrifice. Right? So men, if you're out there lording over your wife, that's not, that's not truthful. Some of you ladies, you, got, you ought to be like, yes, preacher, for that one. Can I get a hallelujah or something? All right. Ladies, this ought to be good, right? This ought to be good for you today. And I know we've had lots of men series, and we've had like a lot, a lot of testosterone in this place, and it's great. We have more men in this church and, and than women, and that's an awesome thing. We ought to applaud that, ladies. You ought to be grateful that your men shows up with you, right? But husbands, we, this means we ought to love our wives just as Christ, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so, guys, men, if you want to build a home, a marriage, a family that will not fail when the storms of life come, you must provide your family with a home and then serve as the door between them and anything that tries to steal, kill, and destroy them. Guys, are we clear on that? Hua? 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 All right. That means, that means we've got to fight. That means we need to step up and fight. That means we need to do battle. That means we need to do battle with the enemy, and we need to say no to him so we can then battle for and protect our homes. It also means that we don't leave our homes for anything else. And those of us right now that are on the brink and there's something that's enticing out there, if it's going to take you away and take you through the threshold that is your rightful place to be the door of this home, if it takes you away from your door, whatever it is, if it's another woman, if it's your job, if it's whatever it is, if it's enticing you and taking you away from your number one role and you can't be around enough to protect your home, then I'm just going to say to you, you might need to rethink that because our number one role is to be a door. 
Now, ladies, and here's where I get a little squeamish. I told Mike Fortenberry, I said, I'm a little nervous about the female part. Because, and I know we've done lots of men's series. And it's easier, it's easier for me to talk to a man and talk strongly. And, and guys, we get it. I can say, are we clear? And guys, we get that, right? Every now and then, you need a, we need a coach. And I need a coach. And I need someone that will speak strongly to me. And I know in, 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 in this predicament and scenario today, ladies, I'm going to talk to you strongly today. And, I, and I, it might be a bit of suicide for me. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about this, but I'm going I'm to tell you what Scripture says as it pertains to your role, because there, there's, there's, there's a huge element, ladies, that, that, that you're also part of this door, and you're especially part of what goes on inside that house, and I think we really do, in so many ways, we, we, have, we have heard everything else that our wor- world and our, our society has to say about these roles, and this is something that I know is very controversial. What I'm saying about the men, this is not normal in today's society. What I'm about to say to you ladies is not normal in our everyday society. And I know, and I've had so many of you over, over the years have said, please, why don't you do a series for us? We can handle it. If you'll talk strong to us like you talk strong to the men, we can, we can do that. We've, got, we've had our first ladies all ladies teaching series last year. If you remember, we, we had a series called Brave, and I had Christy do the bulk of that for me because I was just nervous. But here goes. Here's what Paul says. These are Paul's words. Ephesians, also in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Wives, here comes the word, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to, to, should, it's hard for me to say it, so also the wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Ladies, would you repeat that with me? Because I know that, that's a tough pill to swallow. Just say that with me. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. If, if, if it helps you this week, um, just email the Apostle Paul. Um, and truthfully, you don't hear this anywhere in, in society today. It's not anything that's my get done. That's it. That's the sign. It is. <laughs> so let's just, let's just walk through a couple of these things real quick, and I'm going to land this plane. We have to finish up some more next week because we could say a lot about this, and guys, I have a lot more to say to you, but let's look at the words out of that scripture. Submit. Submit literally means voluntarily and joyfully put yourself under the authority and protection of your husband. That's what it means. And if that didn't get you, and that wasn't quite good enough, here's where it gets a little better. Submit as to the Lord. Submit as to the Lord. In in other terms, as an act of worship to Jesus, not to your husband. You don't do this because of him, right? You You don't submit to him because of him. You submit to him because it's an act of worship to the Lord. And I know right now, all of a sudden, there are a lot of internal sideways conversations going on in your heads. 
as soon as I said that, you started thinking, but what about, right? Right? All of a sudden, there's these personal conversations going on with what I've just said because you can think of a way that we can have a debate about this. You could, you could say, but what about when he does? Or what if he doesn't do? Or what if he's not being? And all of a sudden, there's these sideways conversations. And here's what Scripture says. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. The husband is the head. The leader, the one who has the final say in authority. So ladies... Don't marry a man who doesn't love you like Christ loved the church. Ladies, I'm speaking to the women who are not married. Don't marry somebody. And I want to say this clearly, ladies, if you're looking for somebody now, don't marry him unless he's going to love you like a man ought to love his wife. And I want to just say I know some of you did. And I, and I want to say if, if you married that guy and he... If he doesn't have that framework, if he's not surrendering to, I know that can be so, that could be a disastrous place. And I know there's sideways conversations going on, but what, but I did. So what does it mean now? Man, I want you to repeat this after me. Ephesians 5, 25 it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Men, that's our example then. That's our example. That's our example. Maybe you haven't been loving that way, but that's our example. That's where we need to step up into. And through Christ, and along with locking arms with each other, and maybe getting in one of our guys' small groups, and by the way, I think it's ironic. My wife told me this morning, she said, baby, if you look out there on our boards, you got a section of women's groups, a section of like other groups, and you got a, like a section of men groups. There's only two men's groups. So maybe, guys, you need to step up a little bit in this arena. Maybe this morning is a shot to your arm. Maybe it's a shot to the jaw this morning to saying, we need to step up and lead in our homes. We need to step up and lead in our churches. But here's why. Here's why. Here's why. These aren't my words. You don't do any of this because I'm saying this. We do this because of what Christ says. Man, if we want to have the kind of life, if we want to have the type of homes, they're going to stand when the winds come. And they're going to come. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be the next week. It may be five years from now. But if your house is going to stand and not fall apart on you, we've got to be the door of the house. We've got to love our wives. They require Christ loved this church. And you're going to mess up. And you're going to make mistakes. But we're going to get back up. We're going to say, that's my model. That's my model. Through him, I can do all things. Titus 2, 3, and 5 goes on to say this. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children they're to be self-controlled, pure, and here's something that raises your, your blood pressure, working or keepers at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands. That is the word of God, that is that the word of God may be revealed. Wives, this is when it gets good for you. You're going to like this part, all right? G guys are going to be mad at me now. The wife is the head of the house. 
The wife is the head of the house. Stay with me, guys. I know you're like going, what? I just, I thought I'm the head of the wife. You are. But you're not the head of the house. And the quicker you guys get this, the word peace comes in. <laughs> peace. Peace. And I'm going to show you in Scripture, Jesus was no dummy. He had a mother, right? All right? Women, you, we, you, I read that verse. And you, you get this. You're fine. Okay, I should be reverent in behavior. I should not be, uh, I should not be an alcoholic. I should, I should do, you know, I should love my husband and love my children. I should be self-controlled. I should be pure. You know, I don't want to wind up on a, you know, on a crazy, you know, spring break video, right? We, that's, I'm okay with that. But when we get to this part where it says workers, keepers at home, if, you, if, you, if you're mad at that, it's because you don't understand what it means. All right, this is what scripture says. That, that word working literally means keepers at home, which, which interpreted means home guard, which interpreted means home despot, which interpreted means the idea of true authority, which means it is your house. That's what it means. That's scriptural. That's what the Bible says. It means it is your house. The idea of a woman being an all-purpose maid, barefoot, pregnant, being a slave of the house is not biblical. It's not, it's not in the Bible. It's not what the Bible says. The woman of the house is the mistress of her domain. That's what that means. It's the husband's role to provide and protect the authority and respect what God has given to the lady of the house. Let me make it simple. Men is queen, dad is her enforcer. Mom, did I say men? <laughs> My wife was going, Mom, 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 Mom. Let me be crystal clear again. You guys can read it. <laughs> mom, Mom is queen. Mom is queen. Dad is her enforcer. It's supposed to be like that. Author Douglas Wilson takes it a step further and says this, A husband, as the head of his wife, is an honored and permanent guest, but he should learn to see himself as a guest. Come on, ladies. So if you want to build a home that will stand strong, we must build our homes on Christ and his word by loving the Lord with all your heart, all our hearts. Scripture says, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. That's, that's why, men, this threshold, we need to stay inside. We, 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 need, we need to say, I'm not going to walk out that door and be enticed by anything else out there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. We've got to guard this with all your soul, with all your mind, and with every bit, as we talked about last week, every bit of our strength. It's going to take all of our strength. And when that's not enough, I think God applauds that. Let me tell you where I'm going with that. God applauds it when you, runs out, when you run out of your strength. You know why? Because then all of a sudden, you've got to lean on his strength. You know what this is all about? This whole male-female role, it reminds me of this part of Scripture where it says, in this world, you'll have trouble. Yeah. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Anybody need some help in your relationships? I do. 
this whole conversation goes back to Jesus saying to us, I'm going to let them live their lives. I'm going to give them this thing called marriage. It's going to lead them back to me. Men, you want to do it right? Jesus. Women, you want to do it right? Jesus. Men, you need a model? Jesus. What did he do? He sacrificed. He loved no matter what. He gave up himself for the church. That's our model. Women, respect. Honor your men. Play that role. But when it comes down to it, that's your domain. Not that you can't get out and work. I, I know we've that conversation. You, listen, I'm not putting a stamp of how this looks. I want you to go to God for that. I want you to go to God and say, God, at the end of the day, would you guide me through this conversation? Would you help me know what that looks like for me in my house? But no matter what, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, some of you are debating this right now, and I want to close with this. When we say, as for me and my house, what Jesus says will work won't actually work. Some of you, that's, that's what's going on. When we say that, what Jesus says will actually work, I don't really think it will work. And if that's where you're at, essentially what you're saying is Jesus is wrong about my home, my marriage, and my parenting. And I know that this is, this is, a, this is a heavy conversation, and I just, want, I just want us to get to the place where the rubber meets the road. Because some of you are right now in your mind saying, uh, I don't know if I can go with that. I've got a better idea of how it should work. And if you're saying that, essentially what you're saying is, I'm smarter than God. Listen, again, mine is not perfect either. But why the pushback problem? Have you ever asked that? If you're pushing back, why the pushback? Why do, we ha- why, why do I have such a problem with letting my, my wife have the say in the home? Why does my wife have such a problem with submitting to her husband? Why do we have a problem with that? Well, why is it that we, that we together combined, why do we struggle with these roles? One word, it's called, it's called pride. It's called pride. You know what Scripture says about it? It is the root of all of our sin. The reason I wrestle with this, the reason I'm enticed to walk out this door for something else is because, men, you think you're entitled to it. You, the reason we think we can go somewhere else, and I'm not just talking about someone who else is beautiful or enticing. I'm talking about your job. You can, fall, you can make your job your mistress just as someone else. The, the reason we can walk out that door is because of pride. But what about me? Who will protect me is where some of you are at. What about my needs? What if they aren't being met? Pride is the sin that caused every man father to, start be, to stop being the protective door of his own house and start paying attention to something else that they wanted. Pride is the reason why men have opened the wrong door with the wrong women, women and let their homes burn down. I don't care. I wanted it. I couldn't help myself. Pride caused the blow up with your parents, and the reason there hasn't been any reconciliation in years is because of pride. Pride caused the fight, the affair, and has been ruining things for years. Pride is the sin that promised fulfillment to every woman, every mother. But what really, what is really, what was really delivered was more fear and shame and insecurity than ever before. That's what pride does. And at some point, somebody's got to say, enough. 
Somebody's got to step out there first in the water and say, okay, enough. In other words, we need to say, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to repent. I need to rethink my strategy for how I'm doing everything in our home. And so as we, uh, as we wrap up and we get ready to leave today and go to our homes, let me pray for us. Almighty God, who gave his life for us, Jesus, I pray that you would powerfully invade this room. Holy Spirit, would you powerfully open up our hearts to receive this? Because I know this is not a normal out there kind of conversation. God, I know this was an in, in your faith in your face conversation. And God, I don't know if I could actually do this justice, but God, you can. And God, I pray that right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, I pray that you would help us just to open our hearts, open our minds to step into a new reality of I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. Whatever wrestle, whatever argument, whatever tension, whatever email I want to send out, to say, no, it can't be. God, I pray that you would help us to, to repent. Say, I'm going to turn away from what, what I've been doing. I'm, I'm going to walk away. And I'm going to rethink, God, how we do this. I'm going to rethink how, I, how I'm going to man up for my home. I'm going to rethink it, God. And I'm going to, I'm going to today, I'm going to say, I'm surrendering to you in your way, God. I'm going to, I'm going, that's me today, God. That's where I'm at. And I pray, I pray that today every man in this room would, would leave here before he walks into his home. He would may, maybe today stand in front of that door and re- be reminded by the door and say, God, let me be this man. Help me be this man. God, I pray for every woman as she walks in her house. First, she would recognize this is her domain. And she's the queen of her castle. God, I pray as she walks there, God, I pray she would submit to you. She would submit to your words as, and as an act of worship to you, God, joyfully. Say, I surrender and submit to the head of my house, my husband. God, I pray for men that they'd rise up and they'd be that role. God, I pray for men, women that they would rise up and they would live that role, God, and all of it as an act of worship to you knowing that in the end, God, you are in control. You're our sugar daddy. You're our father. You're our friend. You're our Lord. You're our Savior. God, do we submit ultimately to your will and your way because you are God. God, give us strength. Let us lock arms to encourage each other. God, I pray that every man, woman, and child would be in some sort of small group. God, I pray that this would be a, a season of our church's existence as we walk through the book of John in these small groups that we could come in contact and grow and know you like we never have before. We love you, Jesus. And I pray for every man, woman, and child who may not know you as Savior today. And I pray in this moment they would right now just say, Jesus, I need you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. I'm giving my heart to you today. I'm doing that right now. Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to close with an offering and a song. I invite you to come back next week.
And I invite you to, as you go home today, to continue to ask yourself the question as you walk into your homes. Ask for me and my house, we are what? We are what? Where are we? Is it happy? Is it sad? Is it safe? Is it peaceful? Because God wants us to have the kind of homes that we would find peace in, that we would have joy in. Not that they're perfect. There's no perfect home out there. But God wants to lead you and your home to a whole new place of being so close to Him that it's safe, it's peaceful, it's happy, it's joyful. Sing with us in this last song.